Welcome back to What Difference Does It Make? This is part two in our two-part look back at the day that was August 1st, 1981, when MTV debuted. Last week, we played the first 15 songs. Right now, we're going to discuss the songs that were played on MTV. These were songs 16 through 25. So thank you for tuning in to What Difference Does It Make? So let's get started. Another rockin', rockin', rockin' band, maybe one of the hardest rockin' bands on this top 25 MTV, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden. Can you name any other band? I know, I'm putting you on the spot. I love doing this. It's a band. Name of the song and name of the band. Oh, yes, but no, no. Yes, tell me. There's one particular one I'm thinking of, and I know it's got to be. I don't know. Well, anything Bad Company by Bad Company. Bad Company. Okay, that's not the one I was thinking of. But Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. Mm -mm. No. How about Wilco the Song by Wilco the Band? (laughs) No. Nope. (laughs) No. I think uh, I also had. I also wrote down Bad Religion did one. (laughs) Look it up. Good stuff. What a segue that must have been from Iron Maiden to Keep on Loving You by REO Speedwagon. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite REO song, but it did make it to number one, so enough people liked it. Great. That's all we can say about that. <laughs> yes. Enough people liked it. You should have seen by the look in my eyes, baby. There was something missing. You should have known by Iron Maiden and Keep On Loving You doesn't make sense. So it was probably, they probably went to a commercial. And then they went Keep On Loving You into Bluer Than Blue by Michael Johnson. Can you sing me? I, I, I'm hearing it in my head. Can you hear, sing me a few bars I, of this one? I can hear it in your head. I don't, <laughs> no. I don't. I'm not even going to try this one. So what do you know about this song? It was a number one adult contemporary song and it made it up to number 12 on the pop charts and it made me sadder than sad to hear this song. Really? It really affected you? It didn't affect me. It was just like, oh, I don't need to hear this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny that that was something that this rock channel played. I, that's how desperate they were is what I'm thinking. Like, they're, I, I'm sure they were just Testing it all out. Yeah. Like, all right, well, maybe this will work. Yeah. I would still pass. <laughs> After you go, I can catch up on my reading. After you go, I have a lot more time for sleeping. And when you're gone, looks like things are going to be a lot easier. Life will be a breeze, you know. I really should be glad, but I'm blue than blue, sadder than sad. 
Okay, so I love The Pretender so much. It was just a performance video. Mm -hmm. But the brilliance of it, they just kind of were in a studio. They they were in the circle, all facing each other, just playing music for the joy of playing music. And it captured that this moment between these four people. And the song was great. And just watching them smile and play and just loving it. I was easily my favorite. It was a message of love. It was literally a message of love. And knowing that these guys were not going to be around, you know, for another year... Uh, It makes it all the more poignant. Even without that, just watching these guys who clearly love playing. They are a cohesive unit for sure. Yeah. I I, uh, I just love that. Just watch it. And they all look so cool. And knowing that this is a great song, we are awesome. You know, and just Selly, like, I'm all in. She is. She is just the coolest. Yeah, still is. Yeah. Now the reason we're here as man and woman to love each other Take care of each other When love walks in the room Everybody stand up Oh, it's good, good, good Like Brigitte Bardot um, Okay, so then, uh, then we go into... Um, <laughs> Did you? You did not. Watch I that. did watch this one. Oh, you did. Why I chose this one to watch? Nice, good job, uh, Mr. Briefcase by Lee Rittenauer. Tell me about this song, please. Okay, don't ask me the concept of the video or the, even the song. I'm not really. I couldn't get from. It's kind of like yacht rock. In yeah, my, in my mind. But Lee Rittenauer, what would you call him? Like an easy, not easy jazz. Jazz, yes. Yeah. Almost smooth jazz. Yeah, smooth but, jazz. But a very uh, versatile guitarist, tremendously talented. This was another one where I'm sure the director said, hey, here's the idea we got. Let's uh, let's you know, you into it. And he's like, all right, whatever. Let's do it. Some effects. Like he's like, all right, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And yeah. So it was, I mean, Lee Rittenauer does, he's not a singer. It was someone else singing who I don't know. It's kind of like a Santana situation. But you see him, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do yeah, see him. That's yeah, that's what they're doing. But he's not saying he's playing... Yeah. And uh, like, uh, you know, don't give in to the man. Yeah. You know, type of don't sell out. <laughs> it was kind of that okay. you know, early message that, of course, you know, okay. there was always that thing about selling out. So I think that's what this video was about. Okay. Thank you for don't, explaining it to me. Don't fall in line with Mr. Briefcase because he's not going to lead to anything. Oh, okay. I didn't watch it that closely. I got it. Okay. <laughs> you're right. Oh, you've got to you- get these meetings. I, well, apparently it was three in the morning when you're watching this. I did. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a week. It's been a week. Yes, it's been a crazy week. So I apologize to you, Dave. So please edit this out. Now, but now we're getting to the meaty stuff. Meaty stuff, which is okay. So this is song. This twenty-first song that MTV plays is "Double Life" by the Cars. 
it was just another um, studio concert video playing mm-hmm. playing a song from uh, Candy O, which was mm-hmm. their second album. So this song was probably a couple years old when they played it. I think the Cars are probably one of the most underappreciated bands out there. Agreed. Did this song chart? Uh, no, it was a single, but I don't think it charted. Yeah. He he also, interesting uh, look for videos. I thought he was a good he definitely had a look. MTV fit. Yes. He yeah. definitely had a unique look that, that I think benefited the band a lot. Yeah. They wrote great radio songs. Yes. I'm sure they won one of, one of the MTV Video Vanguard Awards sometime because they yeah. made their videos were just insane and, and just super memorable. And I don't... I don't know if that was Rico Kasich's kind of uh, vision or the hand that he had in it. Yeah, they made some really great videos. This first one is just them in the studio playing. And, of course, it's this possibly is one of the first looks at the cars. Like, you know, if you had never seen them in concert. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, these guys look, it looks like New Wave. It's, or, you know, just like, oh, this is this is a different look. They're not exactly rock. There's, this is not Iron Maiden. <laughs> this is something new and exciting. Yeah, but it's, it's it, as we're, you know, perusing these songs... You like to watch them perform, but you don't love the music. And some you like the music, but they shouldn't necessarily be performing. But I think the Cars had everything. They were one of the bands that they were just the whole package. Okay, and then uh, <laughs> classic song uh, in the year tonight by Phil Collins. Thoughts on Phil? No, I just so much has been said about this song. You want to talk about the video? Do you know what the song is really about? What it really, really is about? Right. Well, I mean, before the internet, that was the the rumor was that mm-hmm. Phil saw a guy. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the first line. He saw someone drowning, and someone didn't help them, or they were. I don't know what the what the idea was. And Phil's revenge was to write this song. That was the scuttlebutt that, but that you is, heard that was passed around throughout high school. Yes, yeah. that, that's that's what this is about. Yeah, and you really believe that for a while. People believe that, well, but why, it really. Why else? This came from my my good friend. Why else? <laughs> it's got to be true. No. So it's, what's the story about? It just it has to do with the bitterness and frustration over the end of his first marriage. That's it. And if you listen to the song, if you I guess if you listen to the lyrics, it's not specific. Which makes it any, every great song. Yeah, I mean, where it can apply in different situations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, but no, but it is, and I, I actually, I, well, I guess like everybody did, bought into that, and you know, really wanted to believe that the guy was sitting in the front row and he spotlighted him, and the, you know, the, the, the guy that he saw. And is that the story? Is that what you've heard? Like that? There, there were so many. I actually looked at Snopes after, and it, and to see all the different versions oh, of of the story, um, what was being passed around, and one of them was is they spotlighted the guy who we saw kill somebody. Yeah. Or drown, or not rescue. I guess not rescue somebody uh, was sitting in the front row, and he put a spotlight on him and said, "You know, I, I saw what you did." You know, but none of this genius. Is true. Yeah.
Okay, getting through it. We will take a break right now and be back shortly. Welcome back to part two of our look at the first 25 videos played on MTV. 23. Do you seem excited about this one? No, I think Robert Palmer, this song, that number 23 is looking for clues. Robert Palmer is a fun performer. You know, he's fun too. He's like a, a quintessential 80s yeah. MTV performer. And I like him. And th- I thought this video was cute. You know, it was him. He looked younger. You didn't. It was too cheesy for you. Well, it was funny. It's, you know, he's first he's dancing on a block of looking for clues. Mm-hmm. And then he's talking about the telephone. And there's a telephone in the background. And then there, you know, what what else? He's talking about money. And then there's money in the background. It's like there's there's no it's like, no right, mystery what, to it. Right. What are we talking about? All right. Just just put it in the background. And, and you dance around. And so he again, he's doing the running, running, dancing type moves. Like, I mean, it's, it's just a, a silly song. It's good. It's fun. Yes. And I guess the first song with a xylophone solo. No. No? Moonlight Feels Right. <laughs> I don't know why that song came. <laughs> so the first New Wave song with the xylophone I don't know. solo. Yeah, it was a New Wave song. I mean, he was doing like, it was funny. And you know who played drums on this song? Oh, please do tell. Chris Franz from Talking Heads. How about that? How about that? That's nice. And you remember which band Robert Palmer joined in 1985? Uh, Power Station. Very good. <laughs> Check it. Bang a Gong. Remake. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> So then uh, number 24, do you remember this band? I didn't remember the band, and I didn't remember the song, and I was shocked to learn that they had four songs in rotation at MTV in 1981. Yeah, Too Late by the Shoes. No, I don't think it's The Shoes. I think it's Shoes. All right. I I always (laughs) called it The Shoes. Power pop type band. Whenever people talk about power pop, there are always a band that comes up. They wrote catchy songs, a la Cheap Trick, but didn't really catch on with a mainstream audience. But they have a uh, fervent following still, I think. Wow, I must have missed the boat on that one. Yeah, they're, yeah, like Cheap Trick, they're from Illinois. And, you know, wrote catchy yeah. pop songs that uh, weren't apparently catchy enough for, <laughs> for the mainstream audience. <laughs> Every time I see you, oh, I wish I could believe you. Do you ever mean a thing you say? You lied, I tried to. Brings us to our final song that we're going to talk about today, number 25 that they played. This is... Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Very good. Do you remember, was that from a Tom Petty or a Stevie Nicks album? That was from... (laughs) 
That was from. You're looking at me like I'm going to divulge the. <laughs> I can tell. I'm Alex he wrote Trebek. it. He I wrote it for Stevie Nicks, and then he sang he, on it with her. I don't know if he wrote it for Stevie Nicks. I think he wrote it for himself. He wrote it for himself. Okay, so they met when he was recording "Damn the Torpedoes." Correct. I don't know if it was a happen, you know, just happenstance. Okay. And she asked him to write a song for her. Okay. That, that she could record. Not dedicated to her, but a song yeah. she could record. And I guess he gave her another song that she didn't want or she didn't think was her. Yeah, she asked him a couple of times. And he wrote, oh, he wrote her a ballad. It was called Insider. She said she thought he should record it. So I guess he did. He put it on his Hard Promises album. And then they wrote Stop Dragging My Heart Around with, you know, Mike, he wrote it with Mike Campbell and sent it to Stevie Nicks' producer. And she loved it. And she, I guess she asked him to sing on it with her. And he did. I did not watch this video. Oh, it's still brilliant. I remember um, the video. Much like it, the, re- the same reason I love Message of Love. Uh, it's just the band them. in the studio and they're just playing and they're kind of interacting with each other. And it's great. It's just, you know, Stevie's being Stevie just sells it completely. That's I mean, there's I one point where she's singing and then as the camera pans, she looks directly at the camera and it's just like this magical moment, mm-hmm. especially if you love Stevie Nicks. But she's just, you know, it's like she's singing to you. So um, <laughs> that's a really great video. And that's just the band playing. And you could see that there's a connection. I think Stevie wanted to join the Heartbreakers. I think at one point she left Fleetwood Mac and like, let me join the Heartbreakers. I want to be a part of that. Is that true? It's Yeah, what? it's definitely true. I've, I've heard interviews where she's, she said that. And it, I guess just for some reason it just never uh, happens. That could have been great. Or, you know, just judging from this yeah. one video, just see that they, they really worked well together. Yeah. And the songs, their voices went, went great together also. Yeah. So this was this was also a big hit. This was a hit number, eight, number three. Um, and it's from, from Stevie's Belladonna debut album. Um, and uh, it's still great. Of these, of all these songs, this one might be the fav- my favorite on this, uh, this top 25. Yeah. You know what? I think I might agree with you. Twenty-five songs from from nineteen eighty-one. It was August first, nineteen eighty-one. We went through them all. Yeah, I think uh, MTV also deserves a revisit sometime for later in the eighties. Oh, we'll definitely do that. Yeah. I was looking. I was just out of curiosity. I wanted to see what MTV was playing today. What's on MTV now? And it's it was. Uh, Is there any music? It was Teen Mom Two. It was uh, the show Catfish. Like like a marathon of Teen Mom Two and Catfish, and then uh, but there still is they still have Total Request Live, so they still have that show going. Is that their only music oriented? Uh, my uh, j- judging from what I saw, that was that was pretty much it. Do they still have Real World? The first? Uh... I'm sure they do. I have no idea. I mean, there was a time where I was the first few Real Worlds. I was really into that. I was up. I was into MTV up to 
Yeah, the early 90s. And obviously, they, as I got older, they wanted to stay younger. So it made sense that they would have things that I would not be interested in at all. And they pivoted quickly. I think they learned from the 80s when they didn't pivot as quickly as they could to, to playing new, exciting music. How do you and, call yourself music television if you're only airing It, it doesn't reality. stand for music. Te- it just stands for MTV. It, stand for, it stood for music television it did, back then. But now, it did, but now it's just MTV. That's mm-hmm. just the name of the channel. Good, good, good branding, I guess. Yes, but I'll exactly. still, you know, I'm a, I'm a purist. Okay, Holly. So 25 songs from MTV that were first played. Now you're an expert on everything MTV, the first 25 songs. Some interesting tidbits happened along that way on that day. So I put together some questions for you, and uh, I want to see how well you can answer some of these Tidbits about MTV on August 1st, 1981. Well, since you know how well I do with trivia, I'm all set. Okay. Did you <laughs> did you put together some questions as well? I have a few. I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. Here are uh, our questions. Some I think will be easier than others. So question one, You Better Run, the second video played by Pat Benatar, is a cover from which band? Is it The Rascals? Yes. Can you name the year? 1968? Close, 66. Also available on YouTube, you could hear Robert Plant. He sang a version of, that was his debut singing lead vocals on a cover version of You Better Run. Oh, what you trying to do to my head? Every time I see your face, I see you in another place. What you trying to do to my head? You better run. Also in 1966, the In-Betweens, uh, who later became the British band Slade, did a version of that song. And Peter Chris recorded the song on his first post-Kiss solo album, Out of Control, in 1980. Yeah, so there you go. That is some excellent trivia. What album was it off of for Pep Benatar? Her second album, C.O.P., okay. Crimes of Passion. Oh, Crimes of Passion. That's right. <laughs> All right. Okay. There you go. That was you. question one uh, with a lot of uh, subtext to it. Go ahead. Which song won Best Heavy Metal Video at the 1989 VMAs? Heavy Metal in the 89? Uh, I can, get, I can okay. give you the band, but that'll probably give Was it, it like Extreme or something like that? Okay. The 89? Um, uh, Aerosmith? Nope. Okay, go ahead. Help me out. Guns N' Roses? Guns N' Roses for November Rain? No, not November Rain. What, Sweet Child of Mine? Exactly. Oh, okay. 89? God, it took that long. Uh, surprised me too. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Still not going to top November Rain, the greatest video of all time. <laughs> I love that you love Guns N' Roses. All right. Uh, <laughs> and you will always remember that. <laughs> all right. I'm not sure you will get this, but this is the first song to be played twice. This was played in the top 25. It was it was a song we talked about, and then they you know like they play songs over and over again. This was the first song to be played again. Can you guess who it is? I saw this when I was trying to come up with questions for you. Okay. Which is how I know you're going to get the rest of my questions. Okay. Well, then let's uh, see if you can guess who this is. Okay, wait. Are you a Speedwagon? No. Come on. You can guess who this is. I bet you can guess who this is. I better. I bet. 
There you go. <laughs> the Who, You Better You Bet. It was played num- the, fourth, the fourth song and also number 55. Oh. Okay. Okay. There you go. Keep going. What else All you got? Right. What was the first concert video to be aired on MTV? Uh, a concert video. It was, um, if I if I remember, was it Ario Speedwagon? Do you remember the song? I have no clue. I, I was, uh, you know, some from High Infidelity. <laughs> of course. Take it on the run. Take it on the run, baby. That's the way if you that's want the it. That's the way you want it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think you'll be able to get this one. Which artist was played the most on August 1st, 1981. Was it Rod Stewart? Yes, Rod Stewart. <laughs> he had 11 videos and Rod Stewart was played 16 times on August 1st. He knew what he was doing by making all those videos. Smart, smart man. Good yeah, job, Rod. <laughs> all right, here's one for you. What was the first heavy metal video played? Well, we talked about that was uh, Iron Maiden's Iron Maiden. Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> good, good stuff. Still rocking. My next question. Two songs were played five times on August 1st. Can you guess these artists? One is Canadian, kind of a metal band, um, but this is kind of like a power ballad from them. And then the other one is by a drummer, and it was played five times. So that might be Phil Collins? Which song? In the Air Tonight. Very good. You got it. Okay. And the other one, a Canadian or Canadian band. Yeah, you won't get this one but i know our friend from halifax probably knows this band is probably screaming out jc i need you <laughs> jc douglas jc douglas might know this band april wine and the song oh of course what's the name of the song oh. okay so yes the song is just between you and me and that was oh. played five times wow, along with phil why. along with phil collins because heavy you know it was an aor station and that's those were two aor songs I have no other music questions. I'm sorry. What else do you got for me? Okay. So now we're going to talk about the five VJs. I'm going to give you a question about each okay. one of them. See if you can guess which one is which. Okay. Some of them okay. will be easier than others. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's go. Name the VJ that played Timpani Charles in Dangerous Curves. In 1990, they appeared on the short-lived Brady Bunch sequel, The Brady's. This person was also a co-host with Ed McMahon on Star Search. Name that VJ. Martha Quinn? Yes. Good job. Okay. Name the VJ that started their radio career in Philly at WMMR and became the music director. Also worked at WPLJ in New York. Mark Goodman. Very good. Okay. Thank you. The song Missing You by John Waite was written about this particular VJ. Um... Nina Blackwood. Yes. Good job. All right. Thank you. You're doing really well. Here I we know go. I'm my VJ. I'm my VJ trivia. Okay. This is uh, VJ number four. Four out of five. Let's see. Here we go. Technically, this is the first VJ to appear on MTV. This VJ appeared on the screen saying their name and saying, I'll be with you right after Mark. We'll be covering the latest in music news coast to coast here on MTV Music Television. During his first month with MTV, he kept his regular night job tending bar at New York's Magic Pan Restaurant Cabaret. When a customer (laughs) recognized him, he determined it was time to become a full-time MTV VJ. Name that VJ. Is that Alan Hunter? That is indeed Alan Hunter. Good job. Thank you very much. All right. Last one. This 
VJ first gained prominence while working at WBCN in Boston in the late 60s, then at KLOS in L.A. for 10 years. He was one of the first DJs to introduce Americans to The Who and Led Zeppelin. In 1976, he was featured in a voice-only performance as a DJ of the fictional KGYS radio in the movie Car Wash. Name that VJ. That'll be Triple J. Very good. J.J. Jackson. Congratulations. He did very well on the quiz there. You know your your VJ trivia, whatever that that just was. (laughs) Anyway, congratulations. Good job. Very proud of you. Congratulations to MTV. They're still around. Not playing videos, but, you know, still doing their MTV thing. So we we will always have fond memories of those VJs. Not necessarily August 1st, 1981, because I wasn't there. I didn't have cable. A lot of people didn't have cable as we as we learned, but still big impact. So that's why we celebrate on the first week of August. It's a it's a national holiday for the What Difference Does It Make podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. We will probably post this every August for the rest of our lives. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Where can they find us and get additional information about What Difference Does It Make? You can find us on social media at WDDIM Podcast and on YouTube at What Difference Does It Make Podcast, and you'll find plenty of outtakes from all of our interviews. Wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've just discovered the What Difference Does It Make Podcast, we have new episodes every Friday, so please subscribe, and we'll see you next Friday. So until then, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.